There you go, ladies and gents. Welcome to the show. You're with uh, Adrianosaurus, the coach of Rapanorama. It's TLT for round five. There was me trying my hand at a bit of rap, which is not my specialty. Let's just say it that, like that. But I hope you enjoyed that, my Nico Hines rap, because, hey, isn't he the story of last round? I think, I guess um, the, the point I would probably point out to everybody is that we have a few really enormous ceiling-type blokes in our game, you know, Cleary, Hines, Pappenhausen when he's fit, Turbo, I think even Teddy's probably got it in him as well. Uh, it's hard to go even a week without these guys, I reckon. Even though they might have a low one in them, it could be a 50 or 60, that's that's a Cleary-type floor, but you know that they can go these big, big daddy scores. And Hines did it in his first game back, which was amazing, 180. Um, and it's been our first sort of definable um, part of the year, I reckon, where people took a big jump or they dropped a whole bunch of ranks as well. I actually brought Nico in and I wrote a song about it, bringing him in, so I've done a couple of Nico songs. I didn't put the C on him, though, because I, I thought the matchup was good. I just felt like the matchup for Harry was enormously good, and, and look, he flopped a little bit, but I was just glad to get the 180 from Nico, and I did see some green arrows, which was nice. There was a difference between the people that had Nico and even the people, because that's a 180 doubled. It's just enormous. Um, they went and flew up the ranks. I do a podcast with the Whisperer, and he's going up some 25,000 spots or something like that, which is enormous. Um, and that just shows that all it takes sometimes is just getting one of those absolute brilliant captain scores. And I wouldn't panic for you when you don't um, have the rank that you want or you're starting a little milder than you you, you would like to, ideally. Just now, one of these captains, get someone when they get a big 150 or a big daddy ton, and you can really see some big jumps uh, in your in your ranks, and that's as simple as it is, really. Um, it's going to be a big question this week of whether you bring Nico Hines in after that 180, because we do say, oh, don't chase last week's points, but he is a ceiling bloke anytime, really, and you could go one more round, and if he gets another 150 or 130, 
man, it, it stings. And I know that they're going into the buy the round after that. So common sense would have said to you, um, with a guy of that value going into a buy the round next, maybe you don't buy him. You just wait till the, um, <laughs> the buy is over. And, and would you break your team to get him in? Well, if you missed his 180 last week, I bet you it's gonna, you're going to find it extremely hard to not bring him in this week. And and you got to answer that question. Do I break team to get him in now? Do I just stick to my guns and, and fight off the urge to bring him in? That's going to be one of the big um, discussion points. I would be very surprised if he's not on the most bought in uh, list. Um, last week, I finished with a 12-10, which was nice. And that's no um, Nico captain. That was... Uh, you know, with with uh, Grant as the captain, it saw me go and get some green arrows, which was which was nice. Um, and I'm up into um, so I'm into five thousand four hundred and twelve, which I'm okay with. Um, if I'd have got the Nico captain with my twelve ten, yeah, you add on a lot of points when you're talking Harry Grant captain versus a Nico um, captain. I'd be right up there in the pointy end, which I think Guns, um, Supercoach Guns, he did captain. Will sort of sitting around the similar sort of rank and he's catapulted into the top 500. So that's where I could have been sitting if I'd have captained Nico. But look, it's just one of those things. Um, oh, coming back off an injury and a chance of re-injuring, maybe you thought he was going to take a little while to get warmed up and, and I didn't captain him. I have to wear that. But at least I've got some green arrows and I'm into 5,400, setting up the squad, which is good. Um, you know, I, I feel like it was, and, and hey, when you're getting off to a mild start, getting some green arrows is always nice. And I got, um, you know, quite a few. I got 7,314 green arrows, which is really good. Um, now let's go through um, the teams for this round five. We've had some teams um, get some injuries and some, some suspensions. We've got some relevant players in there to talk about, um, and we'll go to that next. All right, we've got the Titans off into a bye this week. Um, mainly the player that we all have in there is David Fafita. He got a nice score last week, a big 96. Um, you know, I know we love these tons from Fafita, but uh, in the second row at the moment, that's probably Probably an elite score, isn't it? So he's going to be somebody that I'm sure people are going to sit this week. Um, he's probably you know, on on the list of the only sort of one that people are going to have. Um, the first game of the round is going to be the Sydney Roosters up against the Parramatta Eels. Um, Joey Manu is out of the side because he was suspended. Um, Drew Hutchinson is going to get a go in the centres. I always question why he had any kind of ownership in there, but you get a game out of him in the starting lineup. So well done to all of you. Um, Corey Allen and White are going to join the bench. Um, Terrell May is going to jump out of that squad. Over for the Parramatta Eels, Paulo got suspended last week for that tackle um, with Greg, uh, Weiramu Greg named at prop, uh, and Murchie's going to come back in on the bench. Um, I think I'm going to probably tip uh, the Roosters in this one, I think. Um, at Allianz, I, I don't know. Look, I think the, there was a good rousing win for the Parramatta Eels last week. Matto back is a big one, I guess, for them. I've got my eye on him, personally, because he was back to Matto-type stuff. He got a 74 or something last week. He looks like a weapon, like as we expect from Matto, I think. Um, and we had a resurgent... Um, uh, Jermaine Hopgood as well, which was good to see last week. I got my eye on um, Dillbags as well as a player to bring into the team because obviously this is a hard matchup, but the draw really opens up for the Eels um, after this week. Um, so I really, you could wait a week because he's got a high break even, but I've got my eye on him um, as well. 
Uh, moving on to the next game, it's going to be the Canberra Raiders uh, at home to the Penrith Panthers. It's a tough old year, I reckon, for us uh, Raiders fans. I'm a Raiders fan. A uh, bit of a shit game to lose last week, and I think we're going to actually get pumped here by the Penrith Panthers. Um, so let's go through the lineups. Rapana's going to come back in on the wing. He'll probably only last one game, probably, because he's an absolute bloody lunatic, and he'll do something stupid. Um, Schiller's going to go into the reserves. Um, Jamal Fogarty is back after being sick last week, but Jack Whiten is suspended. So for all he gets to stay in the team, he's just going to go to 5'8". Um, moving on to the Penrith Panthers, Luke Garner is out. Sorensen's going to start in the second row, and Lindsay Smith's going to come into the 17. Uh, Sonny Luke is out as well, uh, with Peachy uh, making his first grade debut um, for the Penrith Panthers. He's gone back there this year. He's going to come in on the bench. That's um, probably the Penrith Panthers win comfortably for me. A couple of players I'm interested in um, is number 12 in Zach Hosking. Started with a ton last week, so you don't need to move this week, but Garner's been very underwhelming, and Sorensen looks an absolute um, super coach friendly player, and particularly in that lineup. He could really shape as a great option for teams at 458 or something he is in price uh, next week. So if he goes out and busts a decent score, which is very capable against the Raiders, uh, I'll, I'll be looking at him as a possible um, bring-in for me next week. Um, look, some of us, I mean, you know, I'm looking at my trades and one of the, th the ways that I might need to move is to downgrade in the hooker position and... Um, Carl Lawton, I have an interest in. I'm, I'm reading the teams live, so I'd like to see um, what's the go there with Croker. Uh, but, you know, I was probably thinking of Sonny Luke as well, and, and him being out, I think it's probably because of the concussion. He might need another week. Um, I expect that he will come back into the team next week, so you could probably still do that. You'll just have... You won't, I mean, you wouldn't be playing him anyway, really. You're just looking at him as a downgrade and hopefully make his break-evens and just start making a little bit of money. Um, I just don't know. I, I might have to rethink my trades and, and what I'm going to do there. Um, all right, let's move it on to the South Sydney Rabbitohs up against the Melbourne Storm. This should be an absolute ripper as well. Um, Sele is back on the bench um, after his uh, HIA. Um, and Lovett's going to drop out of the 17. So that's the Rabbitohs. Moving on to the Melbourne Storm, uh, Tom Eisenhuth's going to come in and replace Tyron Wishart on the bench. Who have I got my eye on in there? Um, look, not a lot, to be quite honest. Munster looked terrific in his game back after being out, and look, I've got some questions over whether, you know, Munster... Does he help Harry Grant or does he hinder him? Because Harry didn't seem to take many runs. He seemed to be um, just responding, as you would to a superstar of the game in Munster, just giving him ball when he wants it. And I think that Harry's not as sort of gung-ho. He's not as confident. Oh, well, as... You know, he just doesn't. He's not going to take it on his shoulders as much. He's he's respecting Munster as the main as a, as a lead playmaker, um, and he's calling for the ball and he gets the ball. So I just hope that that isn't going to spell you know bad scores for Harry. It wasn't a good one last week, I know, because I captained him. Um, Jonah Pezet gets another run, obviously because. Um, Hughes is out with the suspension. I want to tip um, the... Where has it been played? At a core. I think that the Bunnies might get this done, actually. I liked... Um, you know, the Bunnies scrapped out a win um, last week, and I think I'm going to pick um, a win for them again this week. Um, moving on to the Manly Ruringa Seals against the Newcastle Knights. 
Um, Cooler, unfortunately, is out with a knee injury. He's out for quite some time, and Morgan Harper's going to come in um, to replace him in the back line. Croker is back, uh, and, he, and he's into the hooker position um, after missing. So Launton is going to go out into the reserves. So that puts the kibosh on my Carl Lawton as a, as a downgrade option in the hooker position because um, Croker's back. So... Back to the drawing board again, 8 eh? Um, moving on to the Knights, it's going to be Kurtman out because he got a concussion last week. Jack Johns is going to come in um, at lock. I've got my eye on Gregosaurus. Adrianosaurus has got his eye on Gregosaurus Rex because he's an absolute animal, tunned up in his first game of the season, and he's not obviously somebody you have to go on uh, automatically this week. You could if you just fancy him for another big score, uh, but I'm going to get a look at him this week, um, and he could be really somebody that I'm uh, eyeing off as a you know another one to sort of complete that um, center winger. You know, tackle-breaking, big-scoring, ceiling-wise players. He looks like Brian Toto of 2021, kind of. Um, he's, he's got a super coach friendly game. He's a tackle-breaker. He's a good finisher. Um, not the best defender, but he's... Um, look, if, it's, if there's another good score this week, I really think that it's going to be hard to um, ignore him next week. Another player who we, um, well, me and my friends, uh, Whisper and the Supercoach Guns said, we do not think that Lachlan Miller is a trap. We thought he had a potential to be sort of a 60 or 60 plus. We liked what we saw from him um, at the Sharks. It was a small sample size, but we just liked the style of his play. It sort of reminds me of a poor man's Teddy he busts off tackles. He's a bit pinball-y off the tackles. We've seen a bit of ball play on him as well, and he's kicking goals. The unfortunate thing is, is he might be just a little bit too expensive. That's why I've got my eye on, on Marju. He's in the 500s, and he's a bit more affordable. Lachlan Miller has already gone up in price, but if your budget allows, I, could, um, I couldn't talk you out of him because he looks really good to me, and I think he could be... You pick him in centre wing, so I think he's just an absolute perfect third or fourth centre winger, um, and you know, Marju potentially as well. Um, Croker, you know, he's an interesting one for people who have got these Murdoch Massillas and things like that who have been underperforming. I don't know if it's uh, smart, maybe, but I mean, look, those other guys are doing shit. Um, and Croker, he he's um, looks like he's got a little bit more to his game, in my opinion. He's going to start at lock this week. Uh, obviously, Kurt Mann is not going. That's not going to be the case forever. Um, so, and you know, I don't know if he's going to what kind of minutes he's going to get, um, you know, permanently. So, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know if I do it, but I, it's I'll see that some people are going to do um, that. I want to tip the Manly Ringer Seagulls for a bounce back this week. Moving on, it's going to be the St George Illawarra Dragons against the. Dolphins, the nothing Dolphins. Um, Sean O'Sullivan is going to miss three months, um, unfortunately, because of that shoulder or the pec injury. Katoa is going to be re- returning, which is good, um, into the uh, starting lineup uh, as well. So that's good. Uh, what else have we got? Um, so Milford survives in the halves. Tessie New is out because he injured his knee, and Bostock is coming in for his um, debut. Now, Tessie New is going to be out, I think, for a little while, so Bostock's a bottom price cheapie. Obviously, you don't have to go straight away, but he could, you know, you could be getting a Khan Pereira sort of topping out or a Warbrick or whatever. Um, you get a look at Bostock for a couple of weeks, and he could be a nice downgrade as well. Marshall King, a big in, I think, uh, for them, is going to return at hooker. Um, Teague is going to go back to the bench. 
SASA is going to come into the front row with Farm Sully um, dropping out of the 17. I'm going to tip the Dolphins, I reckon. Um, look, Sean O'Sullivan is a big loss, but I still just think the Dolphins seem to have a safe, strong defensive sort of game, and I reckon they might hold their nerve a little bit better than the Dragons in this one. Um, the Dolphins, uh, oh, sorry, the uh, Brisbane Broncos are up against the West Tigers, um, and their team is unchanged. Now, that is... Um, a good thing to hear because they're going bloody great guns. They're on top of the ladder. Um, there was some talk about, um, you know, is Payne Hass, you know, we were worried that because he's going into Ramadan that he might not play. Um, but I think that was all unfounded and he's, he's named um, in there to start. Uh, let's move it on to the West Tigers. Simkin, Matamua and Toa are going to replace Laurie, Seafarth and Bloor on the bench. Changes. Dewey's still in there at fullback, and they're still going with, uh, you know, the Wakeham and Brooks, six and seven. Um, look, I don't know. I'm tipping the Broncos to smash them. It's a tough old uh, watch, the old West Tigers this year so far. And look, hey, I'm the Raiders, and, you know, I'm, they're not a great watch either, so... You know, I'm not trying to tease you too much. All right, we've got the Sharks up against the Warriors. The Sharks much improved with a bit of a Nico return. Um, for them, it's going to be Trindle back onto the bench and Oregon Kafusi out. Over there to the um, Warriors, Tamari Martin's out with a head injury. He's going to be replaced by Volkman uh, and Egan, after who was the most brought-in player a couple of weeks ago. He's back again um, in hooker. He, he, hopefully you held him if you were the one, of the one of the ones that brought him in because he still has a bit of money to make. Uh, I can't believe it, but um, Tohu's been named um, in the 13. I thought he looked like he was in all sorts last week, bandaged up in his knees both sides, couldn't play out the second half. I thought he had an MCL, so, I mean, I haven't actually got the the news. It was the scans all clear, I imagine. I don't know whether I'm going to be shit scared about whether he's going to be out because it's the last game of the round. So if he's out, I'm absolutely... I'm getting an AE, aren't I? Um, I was making plans, well, get him to Hass, I guess. So um, it's... Good news, I think, maybe. Anyway, that's the teams. Let's move it on to the most bought and sold, and I'll give you my two cents. Right, let's kick it off with the most traded out players. And at number one, it is Cameron Murray. 666,900 Cam Murray, 4.3% or 4,559 players. Um, I'm moving him on. Look, Cameron, he's not been as dynamic as we've... He's turned into a bit of a pass-before-the-line-and-tackle-only kind of player, but he hasn't been shit. It's been 84-40-61-60. That's pretty good, guys. I mean, his average is 61.3. I guess you kind of ask yourself, is that worth the price um, tag? He's got um, a break-even this week um, as well that he's going to have to try to get to hold his value. I mean, I guess if you think, you know, do I hold him? you know, all year round, I don't know, but his uh, break-even is 80, he's certainly capable of an 80, I don't fully disagree with it, um, because people are probably um, getting enough points out of these Prestons and Jackson Fords, and they might be down, you downgrade to one of them, you get yourself 400k, it could be a big change in your team, so um, he just seems not quite um, as good as he's been, if you know what I mean. So last week he lost 46,000. He's lost a total of 82,000. He's worth 666. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, look, I must be telling the truth to you all, and that is that I'm considering selling him this week as well. Um, Number two on the list is Adam Dewey. Um, He's in fullback again. He's now 53,000 cheaper than he started. He's at 571,000. Um, it hasn't been good, has it? Um, you know, from the Tigers or him, to be honest, his three-round average is 46. His average for the year is 56.8. Um, it's gone 89, 56, 28, 54. It was a 54 last week. Broncos, Paramount, Manly, Penrith. Not the easiest draw coming up. Yeah, I would probably be moving him. I've got my eye on Dillbags big time because, uh, you know, their draw opens up. Big time. So, yeah, look, I agree. I, I can get around both of those, you know, just as a strategic move if needed to get to a better player like or get, get to a player like Brown when his draw is opening up and to use money um, from Murray to do good things in your team. Number three on the list is Sam Walker. And, you know, I did it with Sam Walker to Hines last week and it got me eight, 180 points. People are probably selling him this week and I imagine Hines is on the list of most brought in and Sam Walker is out. I can't argue with you there. Um, number four on the list is Tohu Harris. I mean, I've got to do some more research because I've done this straight from uh, work to the podcast because that's how much I love you guys. Um, he is being sold by 3.3%. Look, he looked a bit of a lame duck and couldn't even play out the game. But if Tohu is named... You hold him. You know, you've got to hold, surely. I mean, what's a, a trade worth in the front row? Yeah, it was a bad score last week because of the injury. Um, he's up against a 95 break even. Um, it could hurt you if he doesn't play out the full game this week. He's up against the Sharks, who are much improved, I guess, for having Hines back in the team. Um, you know, for me, it'd be him to Hass. I'm not interested in, um, you know, Tuppany or... or um, Tino, because Tino's going to go off to Origin and, and the Raiders and Tuppany, you know, I've got concerns about them as well. So I'm probably going to lean towards holding him now that he's been named. I mean, unless I'm missing something. Number five on this is Braden Trindle. He could be an AE nightmare. He has um, got his way back into the team on the bench. I agree with this one. Number six on the list is Tanner Boyd. He's a dud. Um, look, at least he made eight point six thousand, eight thousand six hundred dollars last week. And his scores have been 25, uh, sorry, 35, 24, 47, 52. Last week was his best score of the year. So, um, look, I don't think he's an emergency move if, if you don't need to. He's just sort of plodding away. I wouldn't be playing him. Um, but he's into a buy, um, and he hasn't been very good. So, move him on. Oh, look, Adam Reynolds, I questioned this last week. He was the most brought in because he scored 100, but I really thought it was chasing points because it was a 63 and a 50, and then he went 104. I just felt like, you know, that 104 is like a great score, sure, but let's have a look at the rest of them. And it was a 63 and a 50, and I just don't know if that's enough, you know, stacked up in the halfback spot against a Nico or, or a Cleary. I mean, Cleary's been a bit underwhelming, but um, it was a 27 last week, and it was one of those cases where chasing that those points. It was only 100 um, points chasing, and, you know, you got burnt for it. Number eight on the list is Ruben Cotter. He's out, um, so move him on. He's been a bit underwhelming as well. 63-52-43. We were hoping for an absolute gangbuster year from him, and it hasn't worked out that way. Move him on. Uh, I agree. Number nine on the list is Luke Garner. He's out as well this week, and he's been shit, and I don't even think he's going to get his spot back. I think that Hosking looks to me like um, they might be correcting an error um, at the moment. I know that, um, you know, that's not guaranteed, but he hasn't been great 
at all you know, to begin with. So getting him down to a Ford or to a Preston or whatever, if you need to do that to get, get some money, or if you're upgrading him off to someone else, go for it. I just don't think he's worked out for people this year. Number 10 on the list is Trell. Are you for real? Where's my sound effect? I've, I've got it. Oh, shit. Wrong one. Are you for real? Yes, I'm for real. He's been average, Ado. What are you talking about? Well, let's have a look at his scores for the year. It's been very underwhelming by his standards. 73, 62, 66, and a 34 last week. Disappointing when people are going this, um, well, you know, going well, Walsh, who's got an absolute terrible floor, but he's still getting, you know, 90 pluses. Um, the break even's 127. He's up against a storm this week. Look, I'm just going to warn you. <laughs> There's a time that Trell is going to go boom. And look, you know, 73, 62, 66 you can live with, but the 34 last week would have stung um, Melbourne this week. So, look, people, are you, who are you going to? You know, I want to see the fullbacks on there. It's probably Walsh, I'd imagine, but he's already had a big price rise. So, um, look, people are probably losing patience with Trell. He's only, he lost 76K last week. He's lost 134,000 on his starting price. You know, I just think... Um, you know, are you going back to Teddy? Walsh is probably the guy that everyone's going. So where are we going with a turbo Walsh? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think, you know, if you get him, you just hold him, you know, because he's such a good player. But people are probably using his value and I, you know, that's why people are trading him out. Let's have a look at the most traded in. Um, number one on the list, no surprise, it's Nico. That's why you got a wrap. Look, 18.1%. So I hope everyone enjoyed what you got last week. He's going to be the most captured player this week as well. Even though he's got the buy next week, people have broken their teams to bring him in. And you know what? I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't have done it um, because he's got a ceiling on him. And these guys who have got a ceiling, it's scary to watch them even for one game. He's up against the New Zealand Warriors. He's at home. It's not the worst matchup in the world for um, Hines this week. And I think he'll be the most captain player. I could see him getting a big score as well. He'll probably be my captain. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I just reckon you get him in, and yeah, he's going into a buy next week. So just play your other half if if it's Cleary, good on you. But um, and you, if you're going with a Cleary and Hines combo like I am, um, they're both on the buy in round thirteen. And hey, the way Nico's playing, he might even go off to Origin and be the half with Cleary in Origin. So there are pros and cons, but I just reckon another big daddy score from Hines, and you you're gonna go pull your hair out. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. Say no. I reckon get it. Just get him in. Number two on the list is Josh Schuster. This one surprises me a little bit. I'm a Schuster owner because I went early on him uh, and I had to play him last week as well because I had a plan for bringing in Dillbags this week. Um, he was good in the first game with a 59 and he got a 26 last week. Everyone is sort of um, saying he they're going to skip him, but obviously not everybody's skipping him because um, he's been brought in by 6.3% of people. I will say that that dodgy forward pass call was he, the score would have been a lot better, wouldn't it? He's got a minus twelve break even, so he's going to go up a little bit of money if he goes okay. I don't think the Knights are too hard a match up for him. I kind of feel like he'll be a fifty-five, sixty averaging player when he's up and about. And look, last week it would have been a fifty if that stupid um, refereeing call didn't go against them. I don't know if I'd be rushing to buy him. I just don't. If you're going to pick him in the second row, I just think players like Jackson Ford um, and Preston offer a little bit more for mine and for guaranteed sort of 50s points scores. They don't have the low ones in them. So uh, it just depends where you're grabbing him, in my opinion. Jackson Ford, number three on the list. 6% of people bringing him in. Um, he has played 
a 59, a 4, and then a 72 last week, which is a good score. He looks to me like he's cemented in for good minutes on that edge. The break-even's 22, so, you know, because of that 4, it's not going to be the kind of money that he could have been making. He could be in just one hell of a great cheapie, like Preston sort of numbers um, in money growth, but he got that um, HIA, so the money's going to be a little bit milder. You could even maybe skip a week. You know, you probably go up to 30000 or something like that. But I understand people doing downgrades and grabbing him this week because he probably will have that covered and he will go up a little bit of money. Payne Hass is the next one on the list. He's been a ripping player this year for mine. 712000 is probably Tohu Sellers because I was thinking about getting Payne Hass in as well. 79, 65, 92, 74. He is a weapon. He's a bloody weapon, uh, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell anyone not to bring him in. I'm. I'm spewing that I went Tohu instead of him just quietly. Number five on the list is Jonah Pezet. Two hundred thousand. Um, do we like it? I mean, look, Hughes has got one more game this game, hasn't he? And then he's back for next week. Pezet's going to drop out, so I don't know why people are bringing him in. To be quite honest, um, you know. He has played two games, yes, um, and he's got a minus 82 break even, so that all makes sense to me. You'll get one price rise out of him, and then you're going to have to move him on, so you're committing yourself to a trade-out after this week, aren't you? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're willing to burn a trade, he looks like he's going to make um, decent money, that's that's for sure, with the minus 80 break even and getting the start this week. So... I just can't get around it because there's not enough. He doesn't have enough time in that team. So, you know, sorry, guys. I don't approve it, even though it's a, a great negative break even. Reese Walsh, he is the next one, 3.3, bringing him in. Um, that might be, you know, a bit of people getting rid of um, Trell, who's been pretty average. 105, 95, 84. So you've missed the first price rise, which was 101,000. <laughs> You missed the 100,000 um, price rise. So, look, you're bringing him in this week. And that's the thing. I don't even think it's a great saving on um, Trell. So I'd kind of just li- live with it now, you know, and have Trell. Um, but, look, the scoring's been good, 105, 95, 84. He has got a low one in him, I'm warning you. But it is a good matchup this week against the West Tigers. It's a good matchup against the Canberra Raiders the week after. And it's not a bad matchup against the Gold Coast Titans the week after that. So... Yeah, look, I can understand it, but I just I'd hate for him to come into teams and then he gets a real low one, which we know he's got in him. I will say that the Broncos look like a much better team than the Warriors, and so maybe he doesn't have the floor. Just that zero points at half time, it just I've still got it in my mind, you know, and I just feel like there's going to be one around the corner at some stage. Um, Alicia Katoa, five hundred seventy six thousand. Maybe people are pissing off um, Murray and they go into Katoa because even though he's got errors in him. Um, I reckon, and I reckon he's a chance of getting dropped at some stage. That he's got a super coach friendly game. Um, 54 92, 64 96. He's been a really good purchase for people. He's made 91,000 last week and he's made 165,000 uh, for the year. So that is good midi. That's good midi money. So I don't mind it. Um, bring him in this week if you like. Um, he's going to probably get the punt eventually if he keeps defending and making errors the way he is. Um, but he's got a 14 break even. I think he'll cover that this week. Um, and if you do want him, you get him now. Number eight on the list. It's a bit premature for mine after he turned up last week. Um, Zach Hosking. Look, it's the Canberra Raiders. Not a bad matchup. I think he'll do well. He got 117 last week, but you don't need to go yet. I mean, hey, I'm, I reckon he might have got that spot on merit and he'll probably hold on to the second row start over Garner, but you don't need to go till 
you know, after you can pick him up next week. Um, what if he goes out and gets an injury this week? You've just gone and jumped early on him. You you do jump early sometimes, but I um, I jumped after one week. I think I saw this saw a game out of um, you know. Oh yeah, I did do Walsh, didn't I? Before his second game. Um, look. I'm just buyer beware. I, I took a risk in getting Walsh as well, and you're taking a risk. I do will say the pros are I think he's got that position. He looks like he's got a super coach friendly game, and I have got him on my watch list for the week after. Oh, everyone was selling Warbrick last week. Now they're bringing him in. I tried to warn you not to panic on these guys that were bottom price cheapies because all they need is some attack, and then they start to generate their money. We see that from Carm Pereira. Um, and Warbrick made 62000 last week. He made only ten or whatever. Of a thousand the week before, but he's up to 280,000. He's got a minus 18 break even, you know, 30, 36, 14. Let's not forget those. But um, he got an 88 last week and he started to generate his money. I don't know if I'd actually be bringing him in because it doesn't look like he's he, he's got a minus uh, break even of 18, but it's not a minus 80, it's not a minus 60. Um, so you know, he's got we've had one good score out of him, so I think he's a perfect hold, absolutely. I don't know if I'd be buying him now. Because we haven't, for three out of his four games, it hasn't looked great. It's looked okay at best and shit. So I don't know if I'd be doing it. Uh, number 10 on the list is Isaac Fasul Malawi. Everyone's buying him in even though they've got a buy. Probably downgrading one of the bums in there. Uh, it's been a 25 and a 40. He's going to go into his third game next week with a minus five. Yeah, I think he's going to probably still get a, a run in on their bench. He looks like he's got a little bit of something to him. I just don't know if I'd be doing it this week. But people are probably needing to make moves this week to get money that they uh, want, you know, for, for moves in their team. So I think safe enough, he could be a decent enough cat, uh, cash cow on the bench with his minutes just to go up and, and be a slow burn. So I don't love it, nor do I hate it. I think it's a pretty educated, safe guess to go him uh, in your teams. Well, that's the bought and sold. Let's move on to the next bit. He's a must-have. He's a must-have. Heinz, you got to get him in. No, I know I didn't do the hopeless rap, <laughs> the humorous rap at the start of the show on Heinz. I know he scored a 180 last week. I know he's got a decent enough matchup this week, but you don't have to. He's not a must-have. They go into a buy next week, and what I'm saying is I saved up money. I always had a plan to go Sam Walker to Heinz, and I was hoping, fingers crossed, that he was going to make it back for next week when um, the Roosters had their buy, and it all worked out perfectly for me. If you've got to go and fuck your team up to bring him in this week, I don't know if it's a break team type thing. I don't think he's a must-have, but I tell you what, he's a must-watch with your fingers over your eyes looking through the cracks in your fingers because it's a good matchup against New Zealand at home, and he looked um, exceptional last week. So I'm glad that I own him. I reckon he's that's why he's the most traded-in player. 18.1% of people are bringing him in, so no one's listening um, I don't think you can go wrong. You know, you're going to... Hopefully, you haven't ruined your team too much. Let me just say that. But, uh, you know, he's probably looks to me like he's got the best ceiling in the game. Really, he looks terrific. Um, so, there you go. Heinz, he's the closest I can sort of think of it. Uh, obviously, players that have got a nice, um, you know role in a team like a Jackson Ford if you haven't already got people are moving on Ali Katoa this week because he looks like it's it's going to be money making after that you know those ones I mean you can make fix up some of your errors I guess in there um that's it I don't think there's any real must-haves this week Antipod. 
Antipod. Um, look, I reckon the most popular antipod for this week could be Josh Schuster. He hasn't looked terrific. I reckon he looks like he he might have a flaw in him, um, which. You know, I don't. I think I, I did say I think he's going to once he's up and running be a 50-55 averaging player. I just don't know how long that's going to take. It could burn you because last week I played him for twenty six and it stung. I just tried to play a gamble for one week and go Schuster will be all right. He's got a forty fifty probably, and then I can get dill bags the week after, and it burnt me. Um, just be prepared. I reckon he does have a flaw in him if there's no attack. If the attack doesn't, we needed that not to be a forward pass in order for Josh Schuster to have a good score last week. It was called a forward pass, and there's the score you're going to get um, if he doesn't get any of that attack. So uh, I just I reckon he's. You know, you can anti-pod him, I reckon, for sure. Um, look, I reckon you can anti-pod, um, you know, a, a Reese Walsh. I reckon it's been good going so far, for sure. It is a soft matchup this week. <coughs> but we're seeing someone like Latrell. I just still have Latrell as a, run, a, a, a level above. Um, and I don't think you save enough money um, there. Now, he has got a, an 18 break even, which he should cover, and he should go up in money again as well. But I still see Reese Walsh as a short-term play, whereas if I was a Trell owner, I'd be a little unhappy with the scoring, particularly last week. But I'm going to have him there. I think he's a tier above, and I see him probably as a season-long hold, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I did sell Teddy. Um, and when I saw three bad scores in a row, but I always had the intention of bringing probably Teddy back, if if not another premium, tier one premium player. Even Trell is probably in that category. I reckon Trell will come good. So um, you could anti- you could antipod that move. Other people did antipod it last week as well, but we do see him on the list of people bringing him in. The B is low. It is a soft matchup. It makes sense, but I just reckon... Um, Think about it when you're going to cull, you know, someone who's got pedigree, you know. And we saw Murray on there as one of the most sold. He's definitely got pedigree. And we're just so greedy for his 80, 90 type scores. We're not happy with a couple of 60s. Um, Yeah, so that's all I want to say on the antipods. You can can antipod some of these, you know, knee-jerk moves, I reckon, in in Supercoach. He's a myth. Jonah Pezzett, I mean, yes, the on the surface, it looks like an absolute terrific buy this week because he's got the run. He's got a minus 82. I will say this. If he goes and runs out this week and he has a half-decent game, he could make 100000 oh, No, That's not chump change. We put a price on a trade of 100 you You'll make 100 um, But look, it's a trade you're taking out of your out of your team, and he's going to probably he's very likely because it's Hughes back in it. I don't think he's going to jag a bench spot, so it's a one week play. He's only going to get this price rise this week, and then he's he's gone. He's done. So I don't know if I like it because you he's not going to keep going after this week. It's my guess. Um, myth. Yeah, look, I'm not going to say Warbrick's a myth because he's he's made seventy nine thousand. But it was with an 88 last week. Um, the scores before that were 30, 36, 14. That's why he was on the most sold. I still thought that that was premature. But if you were somebody that, oh, I really hope you're not someone who sold him and now you're buying him back in. Because if I didn't own Warbrick right now, I would not buy him. I would buy other players. I'd even just sit on whoever I've got there, really, and wait for... Um, Bostock from the Dolphins and see if he looks like he's going to be making money. Yeah, look, Warbrick has a low break even this week and he could make money, but three out of his four scores have been average. Um, so let's move it on uh, to the next. Hey, I was just wondering if you got any of those trades spare. Just a trade or two spare? 
yeah, well, a trade or two <laughs> would be nice if I could get one or two of them. Let's have a look at my trades for the week. Well, it was going to be Tohu off to uh, Haas. It was going to be one of them, and I was probably going to go Murray to Dillbags. Now, um, yes, I was just saying you shouldn't sell Murray because he's a, a premium, but um, I can't play Schuster in the second in the as, as a main five eight. He'll be moved, and I'll get Dillbags in there. Yes, it's a hard matchup for Dillbags this week. He has got a high break even, so it's not actually essential this week, other than the fact that I've got to play Schuster, and I don't feel comfortable doing that. So Murray's going to go. Um, uh, regrettably, I'm going to hold for Feeder because I think for Feeder has. You know, got the ceiling in him. Uh, he's at least with the nineties. You know, he's sort of keep you know get, getting the scores. Whereas Murray, you know, people are getting the same sort of scores out of Jackson, Ford, and Preston and Hopgood. So um, I do hope that Murray gets up and running. I could even get burnt as this week for it. I reckon he is. He's a chance of getting an eighty for sure and covering that break even this week. But I feel like we've got these middies um, in there that are safe enough to play in your teams. Uh, so I'm going to make the move in order to pump back into um, a premium 5.8. I can't rely on Schuster in there um, uh, moving forward. So that's going to be my move. Uh, when it comes to a second one, I think now that I'm going to probably hold Tohu because miraculously he's been named, I don't know what I'm going to do for the second one. Maybe I'll do nothing. Um, look, I, I'm happy to sit on my cheapies who are all sort of making money, um, I don't want to cull anyone who's worth a bit of money. The one that I probably am tempted by to go early is Marju. Tunned up last week, and I've got Karaz, Garrick, and Holmes in my center wingers, and and getting a bloody Marju in there might be terrific to sit, you know, finish my set. But I, I don't need to do it now. I'm going to sit um, and probably have just one trade for the week. I've got money makers in there. I've already got Preston. I've already got Ford. Um, my real problems in my team are probably Moali and Murdoch Masilla. And I'm not prepared to flip the ghost switch on, on Isaac for Sul Malawi because I he's on the buy this week. I don't need to do it this week. And I don't think it's worth me pulling the trigger on a trade. Um, yes, those guys are AE nightmares. Well, 20 and 21 last week. That sort of takes the loop um, out of it. But on any given week, uh, someone like Carl Pereira, not this week, um, but a, a Warbrick could get a, a teens. We saw that the week before last. So, you know, you're going to need a big score in order to VC loop. Um, and, you know, it needs to be a really big one because you're prepared to take these low scores off these bums. And I don't expect that Moali or Murdoch and Silla are going to get any better. So those are the main problems in my team. I am shit scared about Tohu being a late out. So, and it's tough because that's the last game of the round, which is going to really screw me. So um, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to play Moali or Murdoch Masilla, but I might end up copying them as an AE if, if Tohu doesn't play. So um, that's a, <laughs> a risk. I don't think they'd name him. Would they name him? You know, I, I don't know. It's a lot, you never know with these coaches, do you? But I'm going to just um, hold him. I'm not going to go up to Haas. I'm not yeah, I'm not going to I'm going to do it. I don't know. Anyway, I'll think about my second trade if I'm going to do one, but at this stage I'm not going to do one. Uh look, VCs and Cs. Uh look, if you are somebody who owns um a Cleary, you could probably do um a VC on him away to the terrible Raiders and he's due for a big one soon. Cleary, it is an away game, but I just think that the Raiders are associate compared to the Penrith Panthers. Uh I like a turbo VC against the Knights at home there as well. Um, that's probably where I'm going to go for my VC. Um, look, if you wanted to um, go a turbo, 
you know, or you didn't want to go with Turbo or you don't own Turbo, Walsh against the West Tigers at Suncorp could be a nice um, VC as well. I think the most popular captain of the week will be Hines up against the New Zealand Warriors, and I'm probably going to go there myself. So um, I'm going to go Turbo into Hines um, for this week. I'm not going to go any sort of tricky sort of stuff, and I think that that'll be probably the most popular VCs and Cs of the week. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Good luck this week, and we'll talk to you again on Sunday night. Kick and chase by Mullins. Kick and chase again by Mullins. This will be a miracle. Oh, it is a miracle. Oh, my goodness. You won't see anything like that again this year, and maybe never.